Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. You're listening to Bry Island Discs. Sorry for the long intro, but welcome to Bry Radio for my last Bry Rate Bry Island Disc session. Um, and in the studio today, we've got someone who's head of DT. He's also head of ECAs, and he's also head of Bry Radio. Um, if you haven't guessed it already, it's Mr. Mills. Um, Hello. And Mr. Mills, I mean, you've set up Bry Radio. It's a year. We're coming approaching our f- year anniversary now. We are, Bry aren't Radio. we? Yeah. Are you proud of? You must be incredibly. Do you proud know what? Of. As I sit in this studio, feeling slightly nervous as the sort of the focus of this show, uh, I am um, proud of what what we've managed to achieve here. You're definitely a big part of it, and uh, there's some some A2s going this year who who have have played a major role in setting it up. But uh, of all the of all the things that I've I've done at Bryanston, this is definitely something that I am proud of. Yes. Um, I'm really um, delighted to see it take off so fast because it was about this time last year we were plotting what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. And I remember we met and we were brainstorming all the different shows we could run, thinking about the kind of opportunities that the, the radio station would offer. Um, and now we've got, you know, your Briar and Disc show meeting with members of staff every week uh, with their interesting stories and tales of their lives. And I'm going to try and live up to that today. Um, we've got the sports talk show. We've got politics shows. We've got general music shows we've got discussion groups we've got uh, live lounges we've got live events we've got um, pretty much anything in fact next term we're talking about putting on some uh, acoustic drama and, and all sorts of other ideas which have got so much educational value to them and and I hope you feel that coming in here and using this equipment has taught you something no definitely I think seeing it transform from mind maps on paper which it literally did this show started as a mind map what, what kind of show we're going to do to actually in the studio of all this sort of tech I always th- say it's like going into a uh, Doctor Who's time machine because it's all the buttons <laughs> and the glowing lights um, but this isn't about Bry Radio this is about Mr Mills okay so, so we're gonna I mean you, you've you mentioned very briefly and um, but we want to know more you know br- radio or the act of producing radio is in your blood you've you've had a family member who's been heavily um, involved in radio tell us more about that yeah okay so my my father was a, a radio DJ and um, he he was in the army and he worked for the BFBS, the British Forces Broadcasting Service, um, throughout his time in, in the military. And um, he was basically part of their sort of like major cult, cultural pop section. And he, he spoke to pop and rock artists across the 60s and 70s. Um, and um, while it being, you know, a, an army based radio station, he was always at the main concerts, always at the main events, the main gigs. Uh, and he had his own discotheque um, in which he was... Uh, um, constantly playing, playing for all sorts of different types of events and activities. And um, my uh, my mum uh, at home in Salisbury, we have his recordings. And it was literally, I mean, we knew he'd met people like Jimi Hendrix and he'd met the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and um, some of the biggest names of, of, of you know, the century. Um but we never really sort of witnessed it or heard it or, or you know, but we were, we were going through the attic in my mum's house, literally a few years ago, two or three years ago. And we suddenly stumbled on uh, these reel to reels, proper old school reel to reels. And it just had Jimi Hendrix. Um, I think it's the 15th of January, 1969. And my brother and I, we looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, this is, this is the recording that he spoke about. Um, so, yeah, I, we, we've we since transferred it to an MP3, and I listened to it for the first time uh, this month, uh, all the way through. And yeah, he, I mean, he, I've I've used it as one of the tracks 
for Brian Disc. I know it's like all about the, the favourite um, tracks of, of my time, five music tracks. But I wanted to play out this interview. Um, if if the listeners don't know who Jimi Hendrix is, please find out because my word, this guy is a serious artist. Um, but my dad met him, and it's uh, it's an, a fantastic interview. He really sort of presses buttons and calls him, you know, tells him he has a reputation of being a bit wild and a bit annoying and a bit sort of rude. Um, and it's yeah, fascinating to listen to. Let's listen. Um, recorded for the BFBS. Now here we've got Jimmy. Now Jimmy, that was a really tremendous show, which really had the audience really screaming for you. Um, how do you feel after all that? Oh yes, it's a great feeling, man. You know, just the idea of them getting across like that, you know. For them to feel this, uh, you know, always trying to get across to them, you know. Like, we was playing very loud, and uh, they really dug it. They was listening very close, you know. Now, you've been playing now, Jimi Hendrix and the Experience, for some time. How long is it now? I think we've been together since uh, October of 66. Mm-hmm. And how did it first start? Oh, you know, um, it was a jam session down at uh, one of the uh, English clubs in London. We just had a jam down there and got together from then on. Mm-hmm. And was that with the same two people, the experience you've yeah, got with you now? Yeah, with this always, yeah, well, no, it's a three-piece group, like, you know, mm-hmm. we've always been together as an experience. You know. And what sort of music uh, you play, basically, the, the type which is what I would call sort of screaming music. Now, I run a discotheque, and yeah. the, the music which I put on is basically your type of music, and I put a lot on a lot of yours, in fact. Is that the, the, the type of music you really enjoy? Well, not necessarily what we enjoy, but what we create out of the three of us. It's what uh, thing we call like a electric church music, that's what we call it. Which is a combination of uh, jazz from Mitch, rock from Noel, and blues from me, for instance. And then we combine this, and then we come out with something else different, you know. And plus, we combine our new thoughts, and because we don't give, no, we don't really care what happens about how the record sells and all that. Quite naturally, you're happy if you get a hit. But we're mostly putting down our own themes, though, you know. Mm-hmm. And now, the I gather that, or I've heard that the your reputation is such that people sort of rather scared of having you around. Well, is that what you think? I, I, I don't think so oh, myself, but I, this is what I've heard. I mean, one, one reads stories, my word, there's Jimi Hendrix coming, we better watch out. Now, what do you feel about this sort of reputation that's going around about you? Well, all those people, you know, they have so much evilness in their minds anyway. You know, quite naturally going to think bad thoughts. You're not supposed to think negative of somebody. Mm. You know, you're supposed to think, you know, groovy of somebody until they show otherwise to you personally, you know. Yeah. You're not going to run around and listen to the hogwash and all that. You have to meet persons mm. if you want to really find out how they are. No, this is what I find with you. For instance, huh. before I met you tonight, I thought, my word, I'm never going to interview with a man. He's never going to lie for a start. He's going to throw me out. And here you are, of course, helping all the way well, along. Listen, you know, that's silly because, like, we're trying to say something cross to people. You know, we want to make as much contact with them as possible because some people always try to make us into images and gods and all that. So who wants to be there when you're not even hardly started with your work, you know? See, we're just like painting pictures and all that. It's great to know that people listen to us, but still, it's not going to slow us down in our work because we're necessarily never satisfied, you know? Now, what in fact would bring you satisfaction? What, what do you want? What is that? Well, I don't think I'd ever be satisfied. Not with 100%, no. Because that's what keeps you going, you know? That's what keeps you driving for the goals. Once you get satisfied, then you get fat around the butt and you get lazy, you know? There you go, you know, you're not creating anymore. You're just living off the uh, past and off the image and off this mess, you know. Mm-hmm. Gosh, there's some diving questions from John Mills. Are you are you satisfied with life? And what was the other one? You have a bad reputation. How yeah. do you feel about he that? He was punchy Woo. with his questions. Are you inspired by that? I mean, definitely yeah. he, uh, he wasn't shy of asking him the straight questions, was he? No. Uh, but yeah, that was in Munster, Germany in 1969. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's just uh, when when Bryanston started talking about uh, setting up a radio station, because it's never really sort of crossed my life in in my time. But when Bryanston started saying, "Well, we're looking at, we're looking to start a radio station," um, who's interested? And I forget the email that went out, and um, I immediately put my hand up and thought, "That's something I I know nothing about." But do you know what? 
like <laughs> Jimi Hendrix just said, you've got to challenge yourself. You've got to put yourself out there. You've got to get up off your, what did he say, off your fat butt. Yeah, um, or you just get lazy. And you just get lazy. So, so yeah, no, I, I um, you know, I'm delighted to be part of this. Um, so, so yeah, and, and I'm a big fan of Jimi Hendrix as well, to be honest. Well, your next track gives it away. I guess we've got another, we've got a Jimi Hendrix experience um, for those of you who, who need a bit of context, but... Um, yeah, this is lengthy. awesome. This is this is written by Bob Dylan, and um, it was performed by Jimi Hendrix. Bob Dylan was so impressed with his version of it, and you two and all sorts of artists have done it. But uh, this is amazing. you mentioned that your dad was in the army and uh, that obviously means he's away for a long period of time mm-hmm. so i um you t- you said in the past that he went you went to school when you were eight that's quite young yeah i mean i uh, quite uh, quite commonly in the military um uh the the army pay for your your school fees um in in uh, to go in the uk so you're not having to move around every two years and and at the time my dad was in the army and i could have been you know um, northern ireland germany belize there was all sorts of you know possible venues that we'd be going so my brother and i we were we were sent to st Bede's school in eastbourne in sussex and um i loved it i went in at eight as a boarder so what's that that's year four um, and uh, which is the age of my daughter right now, actually, uh, my daughter Poppy. Um, but yes, yeah, so no, I, I was sort of cast away. Um, I didn't see my parents for four weeks at a time, and it was quite full on. I remember it being quite emotional. My brother being two years older than me, and we 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 sort of got dropped off at school and this beautiful school just by the coast down down in Sussex. And um, but I loved it. I, I got really stuck into it. And I loved the boarding lifestyle um, very quickly. Um, and actually, after going through. Through that prep school, um, I then came more local and my parents had left the army by then. They settled in Salisbury and I went to Dauncey's, which is obviously, you know, within 25 to half an hour away. Um, and they were like, right, well, you'll be a day boy. I was like, no, no, I will not. Because by then I was, I was so invested in boarding and I really loved my boarding life in, in both those schools. So I was really lucky. And DT, obviously DT is a huge part of your life. Did that, did you sort of find that... Um 
interest at school? Yeah, I did. I had an outstanding teacher, as often people will talk about when they uh, go into a particular career or a particular specialism. I had an outstanding design technology teacher, and he really inspired me, a northern guy called Barry Knox. Uh, he talked about tungsten carbide all the time, and, and he was really into sports cars, and he'd constantly bring his sports cars in and show us the, the shell and how he was renovating his cars. And he really inspired me, and I was sort of, you know, in A3, um, and at the time I was thinking I was just one of my A-levels alongside some others. Um, but no, I got really stuck into it, and I spent most of my sixth form either in the DT department, um, in the cricket nets, or um, doing hockey or rugby. And uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I, I, I really focused on my, my other A-levels, but I, I loved my, my time at school. And um, I got really into, and funny enough, my A-level project was I, I brought together cricket and DT and I designed and made this fielding practice machine. Mm. So you throw the ball into the net and it would it would funnel it and then it would return it to you. So you had this sort of like training system, a bit like a sort of like you would as a, as a tennis player with a, with a tennis machine. Oh, wow. Um, so, so, yeah, no, I, I, I love doing that. And I, I did a bit of, um, it got sent off into a competition and I did all right with it. It was, it was great. So, no, Young I, DT of the year yeah no I was yeah no I I got um, I got young engineer for Britain uh, Ooh, wow. runner up in the young engineer for Britain in, t- in 1994 look it up um, mm. <laughs> and uh, I got beaten by someone who did a project that was much more sensible that was distilling water for the third world mm. and um, so so yeah it was it was um, but I loved that I loved that time and I loved spending so much time in the DT department and now as a teacher it's so nice to see people doing exactly the same thing here um, mm. And, well, it's, and, it's the one sort of department where you, well, that and perhaps the art department where you're sort, sort of left your own devices and you've got a, and you're producing something, you're making things that uh, tan, you can see it's a tangible thing that you've made. I think that's very yeah. satisfying. There's a moment where you see it in, particularly in A-level, you do sometimes see it at GCSE where um, it's their subject and they're doing it and they're sort of like slightly dragging their feet sometimes to do their project and oh they've got to get on with their DT coursework but suddenly you see it in their eyes and it just sort of they flick and then this is their passion this is their project that they are more into because they want to see it through and they want it to to be functional they want it to be good for the user and the stakeholders that they're designing and developing it for Um, when when you see that that where they take that leap and they and they suddenly are designing and making something that they're really passionate about uh it's it's really inspiring as a teacher and myself and i'm so lucky here because um the department here at bryanson is is something else and i'll never forget when i came here um at the time uh, ironically linking back to the start my, my dad was unwell um and i was living in essex i was living over in, in chigwell in essex at the time and this head of dt job came up at bryanson and i knew of course about Bryanson after being at Dauncey's and being from this area and um, and I knew of its reputation in everything that's beyond um, should we say that the core academic subjects and um, yeah no I came looked at it and thought wow this is one hell of a facility um, really experienced staff really uh, well stocked and, and resourced department and uh, 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 the head Sarah Thomas sat me down she said right this is this is a flagship department at this school we take DT very, very seriously here. And I remember thinking in that week when I was looking at a few other jobs uh, in other schools, uh, I, I, I remember sitting forward in the sofa thinking, right, now I really want this job because she really wants mm-hmm. to push DT, which was which, which is great. And that's what I've been doing for the last decade or so. So mm. it's cool. Yeah, well, um, tell us about your next track. I believe this is from your sort of university years yeah i mean i i've got uh, obviously i'm of an, uh, an era i'm of an age now that uh, and you guys probably all find it all a little bit old-fashioned and stuff but um the the era where it was oasis and blur and 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 you know uh, all the, the snow patrol and that kind of that kind of era um i love oasis and i went to see oasis three or four times while i was going through uni um, and I'll never forget this one, um, which is uh, called Rocking Chair. It's a little bit off the beaten track. I could easily go for Wonderwall or uh, Don't Look Back in Anger or something like that. Um, but this one, I don't know, it, it sort of resonates a little bit more now because I'm a bit older and it's got words that talk about uh, I'm, I'm older than I used to be. Um, and uh, yeah, it's got listen to the lyrics of this because I really rate it.
sort of the it's sort of the inevitable question, isn't it? That's how did you, Mr. Mills? How did you get into teaching? I mean, uh, you, you you had a very happy time at school. Yeah, love school. And then on your year off, did you do anything? That sort of- yeah, I mean, uh, after um, I, I remember getting sort of halfway through A three, and it's about the time that uh, Catalina is now. No, you're just coming to the end of A <laughs> three. Of course, you are. But um, uh, it was it was that year, and I uh, they start they start telling you, you've got to start sorting out your university applications, and you know there's quite a lot of pressure put on you at that that stage, isn't there? And um, I I suddenly got this email from my old sports coach from prep school. So this is the school back in Sussex, saying, Are you, "Do you fancy doing a gap year?" You know, so it's almost like you know, do you want to come back to our school, sort of thing. And um, I was I was you know in I was planning to go to Loughborough to do industrial design, and I had that place, and I knew that, that was going to happen, and, and I sort of you know knew that that was so I deferred my entry, and yeah, I did a did a year back at St Bede's Prep, it's now called Beads, um, and I loved that, and they they literally threw me in the deep end. They had this really inspirational headmaster who who he was like he ran a play, he took the first team, he he was a tutor, he was a history teacher, he was just like he was a he was he was a god, he was. He, he ran everything at the school um, and um, no he, he, he's, he just sort of threw me in the deep end and said right well I know you're 18 you haven't got any qualifications but do you fancy taking on a little bit of DT within the art department here or and they just gave me sports teams so I was taking rugby football, football hockey teams um, and no I really enjoyed it and uh, like you see the, the, the residents here at Bryanston you know in their 20s and they've come in and they're full of energy and, and they dive at everything and they lap it all up that was me then, and um, I, I, you know, was doing everything across the school and all the boarding duties and stuff as well. So, as a result, I think I, I did that with no intention to go into teaching. Um, and I went on to university, and in at university, I got really into design, and I saw myself going into industry. I did placements um, where I was like, you know, this is my thing. Yeah, definitely. And. Um, on, I've got sort of part way, th- sort of three, three quarters of the way through um, university, and I started looking at jobs after. And uh, a similar sort of conversation occurred with a with a sports teacher at a, a school in Cambridge, and he rang me up and said, "Come over and you know, come and come and meet the common room. Let's go out and let's let's, let's do some sport and stuff." And so I did that. And then uh, the next morning, the head called me into the office, said, "Oh, your design technology degree. You're, you're doing design. Do you want to teach it?" And I was like, "Well, I haven't got qualification in. I haven't got PGC." So I then went back to university to do my PGC to open up my options. I still was refusing to accept I was going to be a teacher. But I did my PGC anyway, and uh, then I found myself lined up um, to to be a DT teacher over, over in Cambridge, a school called the Lees in Cambridge. And um, no, I, I and from there I've been teaching ever since. I do wish I had a bit of a career in the industry and 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 went into design a bit further than I than I have. But mm. I've loved teaching at the same time. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess that's because I get, you, you you learn something different when you're when you've gone into the industry that you can bring back into teaching. Yeah. But I guess. You know, it's not a. I think there's teachers who can stay in touch with uh, industry, and there's teachers who uh, can keep their finger on the pulse of where their subject's going. Um, but yeah, no, it's valuable, and and I would recommend to anyone who goes on to university to make sure you go and get placements, can make sure you get out there into the industry, because you can you can love a subject, but then you don't really know how it works unless you you go into it and, and get some sort of role or or, or position within it. So, mm. um, but you've you coached lots of sports teams, and I know that at your previous school you did lots of tours. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I found myself sort of pre-marriage and children and families and stuff in my sort of uh, early 30s. Um, and I found myself head of hockey. And um, I was head of hockey for seven years at Chigwell. No, I wasn't. I was at Chigwell for seven years and I was head of hockey for five of them. And the, head, the then headmaster said to me, you know, I want tours. I want loads of tours. It's a day school. Um, so they really invested into sports tours. They, you know, they loved it. They wanted to go away in the holidays all the time. So in the five years of being head of hockey at Chigwell, I led tours to uh, Barbados twice, South Africa twice, New Zealand, Sri Lanka. Um, I did um, junior under 13 hockey tours to Dublin, Holland, um, Barcelona. I also did quite a lot of um, outdoor ed stuff. So I was doing like an Ardèche trip where I went to camping, climbing, canoeing, abseiling, etc. 
um, every year. So, and I think I think back in those days, we're without a family. It was so nice just to get to a holiday and just go right. Well, where are we going to go this this time? Took so many students in so many different places all over the world. And I have to say, my my <laughs> my old passport looks fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. laden with yeah. loads of stamps. But um, but no, it's it's been a great way to to see the world. But there's a sort of level of I mean, there's an cr- incredible organisation that goes into these tours, and it seems that throughout your career, you've had. Uh, organization this sort of you can organize anything when it comes to project or I mean Bri Radio it's an incredible level of technical emails and just organizing the whole thing is that something you think you got from your dad being in the army very practical very uh, logical organizational skills my dad had highlighter pens everywhere and these little stickers he'd put on all his notes and he would uh, he would watch a grand prix and he'd write out the running order that they're all in <laughs> and and you know he was he was quite sort of he was quite meticulous like that and very organized yes he was and yes i've got that um i've got a probably a bit of ocd you can probably tell by all the posters that are pinned up in this studio yes. they're, they're, they're exactly they're two, all... centimi- two centimeters apart yeah yeah no i know i've got some issues there but uh oh, no, it looks very smart <laughs> Thank you, very, thank you very much. Um, no, I'm a bit embarrassed by that. But what I would say is, I um, yeah, I'm, I'm meticulous. I am organised, and I like seeing things done well. I hate making mistakes. So you know, it's and I think in teaching, quite a lot of what we do is organisation. There's so there's so much admin at Bryanston as well. Um, so you have to stay on top of that. And uh, yeah, it's uh, there's there's quite a lot going on, particularly in running ECAs. Uh, lots of moving parts, lots of emails, lots of contact, lots of, you know, uh, decisions and, and discussions to have and make. And so it's it's it's, it's fun. It's challenging, um, but it definitely takes a meticulous eye. Mm, well, you're very good at it. Thank you. Well, so our next track, we've got a bit of um, Bob Marley. You don't actually like well, uh, Buffalo Soldier. Well, let me tell a story. Um, so latter years of my working at Chigwell which is sort of East London side um, I you know I was not really an Essex boy um, I'm, I'm from around here and, uh, I was constantly jumping on the tube uh, getting away from Essex to go to West London to to, to have a bit of a nightlife um, in, in around that time and I remember I, I met Mercedes my wife the physio here and it was her birthday party. It was, you know, totally gate crashed a twenty-four-year-old's birthday party, and I rocked <laughs> up. And um, you know, I I was I was there, and I you know literally met, we we just hit it off straight away, and it, a bit cheesy, love at first sight, etc. But within um, about six months, we found ourselves going through that classic journey of right, um, let's have a holiday, let's go to Thailand. So we went to Thailand four weeks, um, and. Uh, I'm not sure if we were in Koh Tao or Koh Samui. We still can't really remember. Um, but we went to, ironically linking back uh, to, to this, is we, we went to a Bob Marley bar um, in Thailand. Doesn't wow. really make much sense, doesn't it? But I quite recently been to Barbados. But anyway, um, we'd had a few Samsungs, as they're called. And I had a moped. And I just remember this track that we we heard as we were leaving this uh, this bar, this Bob Marley bar in the middle of up high on the hills, in on this island. I do think it's Coast Samui actually because it was quite hilly. Um, <laughs> anyway, so we, we had a, we were going to the mud track, and uh, as we pulled away on this moped, I'll never forget just listening to Buffalo Soldier being played off the top of the balcony of this bar in 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 Coast Samui, and. Um, my wife and I, we sang this all the way back to, to our, our beach hut. And um, so it's got it's one of the, the happiest memories of my life um, because we were we were uh, f- we were having a great evening and we we're on a moped in the middle of the night. We didn't really know where we were going, could have gone anywhere. I got lost a few times, but we sang this song, which I don't love the start of particularly, by the way, the <laughs> trumpet intro. But it is a great Marley track. And yeah, I love it.
tracks uh, Alicia Keys, Miss Mills. I'm not. You're not a girl on fire kind of person, really. Or maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. Okay, so I mean, to be honest, that around that era, um, when I when I met my wife and we were we were on the back of a moped singing Buffalo Soldier was sort of the early years at Bryant's, and I came over here in in two thousand nine to ten. That was my first year here, so that's twelve years ago, um, or is it thirteen? I'm never really sure. Um, but um, but yeah, no. So we we uh, I came over here. I was living in Middle Lodge. You know that little grey building off the back of the campus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was based down there, and uh, my wife's obviously a physio, and she met the then head of rugby, uh, and she was down here a lot. You know, at weekends, and you know, she's living the life of, of, of you know the Dorset life with me. And um, the school was looking for a physio at the time, and she um, was pretty much as each week went by, living more and more in Middle Lodge. Uh, with me and she she got a job with the military down here at Purbright. Um is that right? No, it's the other one that's down. Oh um, for Camp. No, I don't mean Blanford for Camp, it's the other one I've lost lost it on my mind now. But it's um um yeah, well, she's shouting it probably at the radio now, but it's um it'll come to me. Anyway, so she's working in a, in a for the for the military and then suddenly the school were like, Well, what are you being paid there? What can we offer you? We need a full time physio here. So it was it was quite sort of a dreamy time. We she moved into Middle Lodge with me. We got a dog. We got Alfie, um, who's who's still with us. Uh, he's a got legend. Alfie, Alfie yeah. who I've brought up to Hunter. Yeah. You've seen him a few we times, love Alfie. haven't you, Emily? Emily, he's yeah, drops drops a lot of hair all over <laughs> Hunter. Um, but no, so that was that was really lovely, and um, it was sort of approaching. Uh, we got married at Bryanson by um, Reverend Havland, um, and uh, we've got all the photos of you know Cowley in the church, and uh, it was it was it was all very new to us at the time so uh, getting married in your workplace uh, on reflection is like uh, I avoid those spaces actually I avoid Cowley I don't like going in there because that's where I was doing like my best man speech and it was very personal to me and my family and whenever I walk in there it's a bit like oh this is this is a room that I have better memories for than I don't know <laughs> taking detention or something supervised prep um, and uh, but yeah no it was it was a lovely time and I think uh, as a nation we were really uh, happy at that time because it was the Olympics here, uh, the Olympics in 2012. I'll never forget just sort of in, in the weeks before getting married to Mercedes, uh, I was preparing my, my speech and starting to think about all the things that were going to happen the following weekend. It was that it was that Super Saturday where everyone's getting gold medal after gold medal after gold medal. And um, no, I mean, the Olympics in London in 2012 was an amazing year and it was a really happy time. And pretty soon after that, um, my first daughter was on the way and it's 2013, summer of 2013. Funnily enough, this week it was because it was, it was the 30th of June. So that's last weekend. And, uh, uh, I'll never forget this Dorchester hospital. Mercedes had just given birth to Poppy is our firstborn. And, um, uh, on the way to the hospital, um, Bryanson had just given me an iPad. I put it on the roof of the car and drove off at speed and it went cartwheeling oh. through the, I saw, I saw it in the rearview mirror. That's another little memory. But, um, but the thing that really stands with me, of course, is, is the birth of Poppy. And, uh, I literally had spent the, the day there with, with Poppy and Mercedes and, you know, I had my firstborn and, I remember not being allowed as father to stay overnight in Dorchester. Mm. So I got in my car and I drove home and I just had this grin from ear to ear. I literally was so emotional. And on the radio, I heard this track and it's just stuck with me. It's the most amazing, moving memory. Mm. Uh, and it's this track here. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. She knows she can fly away
Right, Mr. Mills, these, you know, I know these two tracks about your daughter. Tell us more about Poppy and Doss. Well, okay, so my, yeah, I, I, they knew I was doing this and I talked about it and I was umming and ahhing and I was shouting stuff at our Alexa at home and just sort of thinking, <laughs> trying to work out which tracks I can put on. Um, and actually, I, you know, I, I, I'm, my music taste is quite varied and I'm, I'm quite middle of the road in some ways. Um, but um, suddenly, while I was doing this process, they started interjecting and saying, well, why don't you have songs that have more memories and that? That's, that's a good get out so I can't show people too much about my music taste if I'm going to be sort of like overseeing what's put into the, the radio system I can't be declaring or, or sticking a uh, sort of like I can't be sort of saying that's the, the one type of music we can have and I'm actually quite proud of the fact that Bra Radio's music is so varied it really is we've got so many, so many things on the libraries now that, that really meet all tastes but mm. uh, but yeah no my, my girls are you know my life and I, I love working at Bryanson and it is it is uh, quite a demanding day here there's quite a lot going on there's you know if you if you commit to lots of different areas your subject um, if you if you're head of department or if you if you run sports and do ECAs and, and and try and get the most out of your working life the end of the day is quite late and going home is a pleasure I love leaving this campus. I love getting in my car and just going home and thinking I don't need to do any more until tomorrow. Um, and I love going home to see see my family. And so, yeah, so Girl on Fire is, is Poppy's favourite track. Um, she'll shout out Alexa, you know, three times a day um, and she'll do dance routines to it. Poppy's really sporty. She's all over the place. And I think the song sort of suits her really because she is a girl on fire. She loves everything sporty and she's constantly doing cricket, netball, hockey around us you name it and um yeah she's good at it too so uh i love that time and also um well i have another daughter called darcy she's completely different um poppy's really sporty and throws herself around lots but darcy is is just she's one of these people who's so unaware of how talented she is but doesn't think she is um she's actually also very sporty but she's she's talented she's very she's very theatrical um mm. she's she loves a ballet and she loves doing sort of you know dance routines and it's all quite quirky and, and really sort of amazing um but uh I have to say, you know, this is very different from my my younger life. But when a Saturday comes around for me now, um, it's it's home. It's it's strictly it's Britain's Got Talent. Um, the girls have lemonade and sweets, and then they start doing dance routines and and putting on their favourite tracks. And um, yeah, um, Poppies will be Girl on Fire, and Dar- and Pop Darcy's is is our next track. So you know. Um, you can see how they've totally taken over my choices. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is it. This is her favourite track. I love this one as well, to be honest. Oh, Oh 
So we're just finishing up here with Mr. Mills um, with his. Second... Gosh, it's gone quick. I know it's gone quick. Yeah, it's really nine, nearly nine o'clock. Um, but Mr. Mills, you're allowed to have a luxury item on your desert island. I think you can be very practical because you've got all your DT skills. But... Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, if what would you're... you bring with you? It sort of depends on the island I'm stuck on. I mean, this desert island suggests that it's a it's a warm climate and uh, you need shelter. And uh, I probably would take uh, a toolbox with me. Um, I'm thinking because then if I've got a good range of tools I could I could build my shelter I can I can survive I could probably um, make things fabricate things build stuff um, that would be quite good I, I think I, I'd slip in a photo album um, for sure mm, yeah. and if you're going to get specific with a number of items and and you know tie me down mm, to things you might have a, bring a Phillips screwdriver and that's about y- it really. yeah yeah I mean that <laughs> Phillips screwdriver and a, and a photo album well, look, <laughs> there, there you go um, no I, I think uh I think something that would be nice would be to be able to hear music. Um, a radio would be cool too. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, I mean, you've you've done. And then you've got a whole house by then, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've done you've done so many of these shows, and you've interviewed so many staff. We've worked it out as being, we think, sixteen or seventeen. Uh, you had a sort of bit of a period of of, of kind of absence Ollie, during Ollie your during the, the the IB exams, and Ollie's obviously taking over. Um, but this is your last show. Tell, let's turn this round. Okay, you've interviewed <laughs> me, but now let me interview you, Emily. What who have you enjoyed? interviewing and and what which no let, let's that's that's a tough question let <laughs> uh, me let me ask you what your best memories of interviewing this the, the many staff that you've had in had in this chair i think it's it's something that we we, we see members of staff as uh, on a different level they're sort of they're members of staff we call them by their second names there's already a sort of ch- a different interaction but having a show where you can actually ask them personal questions and not be just sort of not be awkward I think asking personal questions on a daily basis would be a bit weird you know tell me about your parents that'd be a bit weird mm. but on on radio when you want it's this this show is about um, life beyond Bryanson and yeah it's very interesting I think learning people's stories and how they got into teaching any memorable yeah. moments that you can I think when we forgot to record Dr. Bakra's show and he had to come on a second time oh yes and of he all said, the people he had the most amazing stories um, yeah, yeah. and uh, really really interesting and then we had and then he um, we had, obviously he came on a few weeks ago yeah. So he had to. He had. He had to practice. Um, but at the beginning, it was a bit sort of dodgy with tech, and because I'm terrible at, at pressing buttons. But <laughs> but now, and now, Kathleen has just gone out of the studio to go to. You're on your own now. I'm on my own. Yeah. So are you? I mean, presumably it's easier for you to interview people who you know better, and and mm. you know you've you've had you know your teachers and you've had your husband and uh, people on your house team and stuff, uh, people you've come across. But presumably it's easier when you know them a little bit before you start. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm. Uh, when I was uh, at school, at school with all the lessons and exams and everything, I wasn't doing that much prep. And actually, it's almost the best thing when you don't, you don't really prep. You do roughly, maybe before the show starts, we'll say, think about some themes. And then I don't really have any set questions. It just it's just a chat, a chat and a conversation. You're so it's very, not- very good at it. You really are very good at it. And this, this, you know, this whole year of the first year of Bri Radio would not have been what it has been if you hadn't had this sort of Monday night flagship show. It really is. Mm-hmm. And Ollie's great too. And he's and he's stepping up. And he's he's been inspired by you. And he's now head boy. You know, know. And it, well, is he going to yeah, have the time know, for it? I'm That's worried. what I'm worried about. Oh. <laughs> um, but it's, I mean, I'm copying the BBC show, which I love. I mean, I listen to it when I run. That's that was how. If I really don't want to go training, I'll plug in a yeah. Bryland uh, BBC Radio Four. Desert Island. Desert Island with discs. Lauren Laverne and I can't say Sue Desert Dawley. Island discs. Now. I know it doesn't. It sounds really doesn't sound foreign, right, does yeah. it? Yeah. And it's a bit of copyright. I don't know how it would sit with them. If yeah, we probably they... wouldn't go down well, but we we will will get by. I think. I don't think yeah. they'll care that much. Mm. But um, but no, I you know um, thank thank you for everything you've done, and I know mm. this represents the last minutes of your interviews yeah. while at Bryanston and, and I'm honoured and I know that I was always the guy who'd stand in if someone cancelled at the last minute um, and I, <laughs> that never really happened actually Mm-mm. you've had so many people step up and, and do this and but I'm but I'm by fluke really quite honoured to be your final interview Aww. and I've really enjoyed it it's, it's been really lovely actually well I can't wait to see how it grows and next year there are going to be so many more members of staff who are going to be on it and maybe some OBs as well we've talked about yes absolutely I think um, there's an idea of having an OB show yeah 
Um, so, you know, getting OBs to maybe come in and do the show mm. so that OBs tune in and we can put onto the OBs uh, forums. We could also look at maybe having a parent show, perhaps, so that parent mm. is, is, is stepping in here. So there's so many little opportunities and can't wait to see them happen. Yeah, I mean, but back to you, Mr. Mills. What are you, what's your future, uh, Stepping Stone? Are you going to, Brian, what's your next project? Because I feel like you need, always need a project. So now you've done Brian Radio, what's the next project? Um, I, I, I'm loving what I'm doing. Um, I have to be honest, I've got quite a lot on my plate at the moment, uh, department and, and, and ECAs and Bri Radio. And, uh, I probably enjoy the Bri Radio most. Uh, I'm loving ECAs as well, though. It's, it's, it's that. And, and the DT's never gone away. I, I, I still love that department. I really do love working in it. I love, I love the subject. I love taking sports, too. I, it's tricky to, 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 to juggle things. But um, for me, I, I'm going to just keep, keep uh, pushing. Um, and trying to um, keep everything, all the balls in the air, and and uh, enjoy what I do. So I don't know what's next for me, if I'm honest. My my daughters are starting to sort of potentially knock on the door of heading in this direction, maybe. Um, so you know, um, I, I like the way the school's travelling, and I think that uh, there's a lot of um, potential here in this school. There always there always has been, and then and there there really does look like it's it's going to start to move forward. Um, so so yeah, we'll see. Um, you know, and Mercedes is very happy here too. She's she does an amazing job as far as I'm, I know. No, she's uh, helped me with lots of injuries and things. Yeah, great, no, yeah. she's she's. Uh, it's it's always quite interesting when she comes home and she you know, she'll mention a student. Obviously, you know, she she can't sort of go into details about medical conditions or anything. But um, it's always interesting when she tells me about the people she's met. And you've come across her, mm-hmm. have you, on the physio table? Yeah. Well, yeah, the great conversations. I've heard all about Poppy and Darcy doing physio and all yes. the triathlon clubs and stuff. So, yes, um, and now you're hearing sort of another side of the story from, from this interview. <laughs> but thank you so much uh, for all you've done for Bry Island Discs and everything you've done for Bry Radio. And you've also, you know, been there when the Poet Laureate was here and you were here I with wasn't the Green the, Committee. I was the Green and, Committee. That was yeah. last week. You know, that was great. That was amazing. And I think people, every time someone comes in who hasn't been here before into the studio, they, their mouth sort of drops. So I think it's, uh, if, you, if you haven't been to in the studio and you're listening to this now please just drop in and come and look at it and- I know Ollie's got some big ideas for next term and he's already lining up his, his list of, of interviewees or into, into people to interview and um, so that's that's literally um, so, on, yeah. on the watch, cusp the, watch this outbox. space watch, watch this space. space and tune in Monday nights from, from yeah. September we'll be back yeah. well have a good evening everybody and uh, we'll play the legendary Sleepy Lagoon tune out Thanks. <laughs> Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.